gentlemen, it's Thursday, which means it's time for another episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, the only show that knows how to find the circumference of a squared circle. I'm Jumpin' Jay, and as always, I'm joined by Tommy, the Iron Sheik Fierro. Tommy, welcome back to the show. First of all, I'd just like to say hello to Orba. I'm not going to start that today. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a long show to go the whole way, man. How are you doing? Yeah, good, man. I got a lot, a lot, of, a lot of feedback from that uh, that episode last week. People love the Iron Sheik impersonation. <laughs> Listen, your Iron Sheik impersonation is so spot on, and he is such an out there character that you can't help but just belly laugh when you hear an impression that spot on man i think you brought a lot of joy to a lot of people last week <laughs> dude i had people i had people that actually thought it really was the iron cheek which is hilarious i'm telling you that's how good it was so let me ask you this this was your first full week at the wrestling collector store and at the end of the last episode you said if people came in and asked for an impression you would deliver did anybody take you up on that offer any customers coming into the store asking for the iron cheek two two Yes. <laughs> it was funny, man. I, I, and I did it for them, but not loud like we did on the, uh, <laughs> the show last week. But yeah, man, we got a, we got a fun topic today, man. You know, you know, they, they, they call it Sunday fun day. Everyone calls it Sunday fun day. Well, for, I think for me, me and Jeff and Jay, it's Thursday fun day. That's right, man. We get to talk about something we both love so much growing up as a kid and, and still to this day looking back on our fondest memories was WWF and wrestling in general in the 1980s. And what a great topic we're going to talk about on today's episode. And that's one of the most iconic 80s WWF superstars of all time. He's right up there at the tippity top of the biggest names from that era and uh, during this episode, we're going to talk all about Jake the Snake Roberts. Sorry, man. I just couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. No, man. To, to this day, that song, that beat gives me chills when, when, when you play it, man. I mean... What an iconic theme song. What an iconic character. And uh, it's going to be real interesting to talk about Jake the Snake Roberts today on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. First, want to make mention real quick that this is the road to our virtual mania this Sunday on all-day signing. As you know, we talked about our sign- virtual signings on past episodes, and I know many of you have taking part of them. Well, this Sunday is the big one. It's virtual mania. It's going to be an all day signing and it's going to be from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time. So I know if you're out in California, it's going to start at six o'clock in the morning. And if you're not up at that hour, it's okay because the entire show will be archived and pinned to the top of our Facebook page. So if you wake up later or can't get to it right away, uh, you can always go back and, and, and watch it later in the day or in upcoming days. But, yeah, it's going to be from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And our main guest is going to be Jake the Snake Roberts this Sunday headlining our virtual mania event. Jake will be uh, doing his virtual signing from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time. 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time. Kicking off the day will be Haku 
and Skinner. Uh, they will be from 9 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And then 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time will be the Orient Express, Tanaka and Kato. So uh, it's going to be an all-day affair this Sunday, Virtual Mania. You can head over to our website now. It's 80swrestlingcon.com. You can select which photos you would like to get personalized to you by either Jake the Snake Roberts, the Orient Express, Skinner, or Haku, or all four of them. You can pick the VIP package and get a personalized photo of each guest. And then you tune in and you watch some your pictures. We'll give you a shout-out, and then we're going to ship them out to you following the signing. So, yeah, man, it's this Sunday, Virtual Mania. Head over to 80swrestlingcon.com now, and our Facebook link is on the front page of the website. You can click on that so you know where to head to this Sunday. But, yeah, man, Jake the Snake's going to headline it, and uh, what better way to kick off our road to Virtual Mania than by having an episode dedicated to the man himself today on 80s wrestling the podcast that's right tommy what a hot topic and what a way to kick off this week leading up to your biggest virtual signing event yet this is going to be a facebook live virtual signing that lasts virtually all day seeing some of the greatest stars from the golden era wrestler and that headliner is the man of the hour today mr jake the Snake Roberts, and I'm telling you, man, from his ring psychology to his promos to his patented DDT, nobody did it quite like Jake the Snake did it. And so I'm looking forward to getting into his career, some of our favorite memories. And then, without even warning you, Tommy, I prepared a little game for the end of the show. I've, uh, I've, dubbed, up, I've dubbed up five promos from Jake the Snake, just about 30-second clips of each, and I had our production team mute the name of the wrestler he's going against. So every once in a while, you'll just hear a little bit of silence where he says his opponent's name. And I'm going to see how many of these five you can guess at the end of the show. That should be fun. I'm looking forward to it, Tommy. Yeah, uh-oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a tricky one. H- Hogan's one thing, because when Hogan's talking about his opponents, I mean, those, those angles. Oh, I mean, I guess Jake's angles and, and moments are iconic as well. I, I, all right, I'm up for the challenge. I'll give it a try. And I'll, t- and I'll tell you, I did throw some curveballs in there because some of these promos are from some big pay-per-view matchups. Other ones are just from their we- regular weekly show. And so we'll see which ones you can pick up on. But let's jump in to talking about Jake the Snake Robert. <laughs> Again, I couldn't help it. I got the whole song queued up, man. We could listen to that for the whole show, but we'll jump into it. Yeah, man. So, so Jake Roberts, he debuted in the WWF March of 1986. Now, this is roughly probably three weeks to a month before their second WrestleMania. And sure enough, Jake made the WrestleMania two card. Now, I, I'm assuming it was a real last-minute placement having him on the show because if you remember, his opponent was George Wells for this match. And we we spoke about this on past episodes of the show. Uh, You really didn't see squash matches at WrestleMania. The first one you saw, Bundy and S.C. Jones. The second one, it was, you know, Roberts and and George Wells. But that's about it. So 
I'm thinking that it was probably a very, very last-second decision having Jake a part of WrestleMania 2 because he just, you know, previously debuted three weeks before that or a month before that, and uh, they obviously saw something in him right away and wanted to get him on the biggest show of the year. But, I mean, I mean, right there, that, that shows you that he's going to be a, a player with the company because he debuts in March of 86, and not even a month later, he's, he's a part of WrestleMania 2. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Tommy. They brought him in. I think they knew they had something pretty special in Jake Roberts, and they put him on a big-time show as kind of his first introduction to mainstream wrestling fans. And everybody remembers the end of that match with George Wells when Jake brought out Damien and it wrapped itself around the neck of George Wells. What an image to, to put into the wrestling fan's brain. And from there, he's off and running, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. And we talked about this on, on previous episodes as well, is that probably when I think of Jake Roberts, that's one of the first things I think of is that WrestleMania 2 ending where George Wells is just foaming from the mouth. And, you know, at this point, Jake is relatively brand new to the company. So wrestling fans, especially kids sitting in the audience, sitting at home, seeing this big, massive snake just, you know, choking the life out of a wrestler and the foam is coming out of his mouth. I mean, what a way to introduce a character uh, because, like I said, it's not even a month uh, uh, removed of him coming to the company. So that's an absolutely phenomenal way to, to debut a character. And let's just give it up to George Wells for being on board with that angle. Can you imagine that conversation that took place when they said, hey, the good news you're going to be on WrestleMania. The bad news, you're going to have a giant snake wrap around your neck at the end of the match. I hope they gave him a nice little bump in his paycheck for that. But what a way to get a man's career launched in the World Wrestling Federation. You couldn't ask for a better first big-time viewership if you're Jake Roberts than to come out at Mania and do something that's going to be cemented in the minds of people. Now, every time they see you from here on out, they're going to be picturing George Wells foaming at the mouth with this giant snake around his neck. Talk about intimidation. And you know what? I, I, when I do my virtual signings, I, I try and you know bring in rear guests. Like this past Monday, we had Craig DeGeorge, and that was the first time he ever did a signing. I actually been trying to track down George Wells. Not that he would do phenomenal by any stretch of the imagination, but I just like the concept of having these rare, unique guests. Like, I would put them with someone else for a virtual signing. So if anyone out there has any inkling of how to get a hold of George Wells, because he is still alive, as far as I know, uh, send us a message on Instagram uh, or Twitter or Facebook, because I would love to have the opportunity to, 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 to track him down and, and, and bring him in, because he's never done anything before. So uh, this is a... Want it? Post. <laughs> I like it. it. Hey, it would be interesting to talk about this angle with him for sure to get his side of the story when it was presented. Uh, and if he had any opportunity to get familiar with the snake before the actual angle took place. That'd be an interesting hey guess. If anyone can get in contact with him before this Sunday's virtual mania, you know, maybe I can, you know, book a, a red eye and get him in by Sunday and, you have him get some revenge on Jake the Snake. Man, even if he could call in and talk to Jake about the angle, it would be fun to listen to that conversation. 
Yeah, man. So let, let, let's get back into this very, very interesting topic. One of the biggest 80s wrestling icons ever, Jake the Snake Roberts. He debuts at WrestleMania 2. Uh, I'm sorry. He, he debuts a few weeks before WrestleMania 2. Then he had at WrestleMania 2. His first really big match in Angle is with one of the company's top baby faces at the time, and that's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And now, we just talked about this on last week's episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. On Saturday night's main event, they had Jake Roberts against Ricky Steamboat. And as, as you know, Jake DDT's Ricky Steamboat on the cement floor. We think Steamboat's dead at first. Uh, unbelievable angle. What a way to continue to get Jake Roberts over. And those guys that go on to feud, Jake and Ricky Steamboat would have a snake pit match at, rest, at uh, the big event in uh, Canada which was technically a, a no disqualification type of match. And they had another return match on Saturday night's main event, but what a way to, to continue to build Jake by, you know, putting him in a program with one of the company's top baby faces at the time. Yeah. Ricky, the dragon is this perennial baby face. You know, he's, he's always the good guy. He's always the people love cheering for. And so when you have somebody who's just always the baby face, always the good guy, fan favorite, and then you have a guy like Jake Roberts who comes in and not only takes him out, but he did it on the concrete, which was not done very often back then. And so that was about as hardcore as you were going to see in the early 80s. And so for Jake to come and do that to a fan favorite, especially after what he did to George Wells right uh, a month or two earlier at WrestleMania 2, like you're setting this guy up. Uh, to know fans know that you don't mess with Jake Roberts and he's capable of anything. And so I love that they launched into this type of feud with Ricky, the dragon right at the start of his WWF run. Absolutely. And then as I mentioned last week as well, you, you, you think of Jake Roberts, you remember that Saturday night's main event promo in the beginning of the, of the shows when they would used to play that background music and, and, and get little clip interview clips of each guy building up the match for that night. And you remember Jake Roberts, in the shower with the snake and uh, just, just iconic stuff, man. And, and, and that, that was a great, great, great way to, uh, you know, to, to move Jake along up the, the ladder with, with steamboat. Uh, next up, they tried to have uh, him challenge for the intercontinental title against the macho man, Randy Savage. Now going into this match, they think that, Randy Savage is going to wind up getting the cheers because Jake is, is, you know, a a hated villain and it backfired on him. Uh, Jake Roberts actually gets cheered in this match against uh, Randy Savage. You remember this match? You know, I I honestly don't remember this match. Um, And so I got to see if I can find it. I think it's interesting because you have Randy Savage and you have Jake the Snake. And, yeah, Vince McMahon had to gamble on who he thought the fans would, would probably support. And he thought, like you said, they were going to go for Savage. But that people just – there's something about loving a really good bad guy. And Jake's, Jake Roberts was that. And I think it's interesting that he was challenging for the Intercontinental Championship. Jake is one of these guys who, and I'm sure we'll get into it, had a tremendous run but never had a title. And you – that he didn't need a title. And so I think it's interesting that here early in his run, back in 86, he's at least getting a title shot at that time. You know, like he, he, he didn't 
he didn't need the title. And, and I know there's certain wrestlers that say that, you know, I didn't need a title. But I will say, I think it would have been nice if they did give him a title during that time frame because he was one of the biggest, you know, stars. And if it wasn't the WWF World Heavyweight title, okay. But they, they could have gave him a run as the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, you know, Piper's another one that he never needed a title, but they eventually gave him a, a run with the Intercontinental title. But, yeah, he, he didn't need a belt. He was that good. But it would have been nice to see him uh, as a champion. Now, they briefly, and this is very, very briefly, tested the waters on a Jake the Snake Roberts Hulk Hogan feud. Now, it was on the Snake Pit, which uh, they gave Jake Roberts his own talk show uh, pretty early into his WWF career and run when they realized he was such a great talker. It was pretty much, you know, a spinoff of Piper's Pit and you know, Jake would have different wrestlers come on the show every week and interview them. And one week he had Hulk Hogan on the show and he winds up DDTing Hulk Hogan, which obviously was going to lead to a Hulk Hogan, Jake Roberts program until the fans uh, started responding positively to Jake Roberts DDTing Hogan and they're chanting DDT. DDT and Vince McMahon and WWF quickly, quickly, quickly changed their uh, their plans with that. Yeah, you couldn't have anything at that time that that looked like it could derail the the train that was Hulkamania because that was that's what was driving the whole company. But it's very interesting. People love a really good bad guy, and Jake the Snake was that. And so, even with the height of Hulkamania, somebody is cool as Jake the Snake was getting cheers. And can you imagine the ripple that went through that backstage when that DDT hit? And instead of booing him like they all thought he would, the crowd starts chanting DDT. I think that that must have been a wild situation for, for everyone involved. Um, and Jake jokingly, he, I've heard him say it in interviews how that was going to be one of his, because when you worked with Hogan, that's where the biggest payday was. And so he always laughs that the fan cost him his biggest run and his biggest paychecks because, you know, they cheered instead of booed, and so he didn't get his run with Hogan to main event stuff. But interesting concept. I love that they at least experimented with it. It would have been a heck of a program to see Hogan-Roberts feud around the, around the country. Yeah, man, I would, have, I would have loved to have seen that. And it, 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 it's weird because back then, and this is probably late 86, early 87, you don't – fans were programmed – to cheer and boo who they wanted you to cheer and boo. You know, it ain't like today where, you know, John Cena comes out and, you know, Roman Reigns comes out and people, you know, react negatively when it's supposed to be a positive reaction. You know, today fans just do what they want and they cheer for who they want. But back then, man, you were programmed, uh, you know, probably 90% of the fans are programmed to cheer and boo who they wanted you to cheer and boo. So Hulk Hogan, who is the biggest star in wrestling, you know, get DDT'd and, and the, the fans are chanting DDT for Jake. I mean, that's unheard of at that time. So obviously the company knew they had something with him as a babyface because he's getting cheered in a match against Savage where they think he's going to get booed. He's getting heavily cheered uh, uh, after DDT and Hulk Hogan. The company needs knows they need to do something because the fan they can feel the fans going with them. So they officially turn him 
uh, as a baby face on a future episode of the snake pit when they had the honky tonk man on the show. And uh, that was one of the most iconic moments in uh, Jake's career. And also the snake pit is when the honky tonk man shattered that guitar over Jake's head and the way Jake sold it, man, he sold it like he got shot in the head and the way he fell is like, man, his, his, his storytelling and his selling was just so, so, so amazing. And the thing about that is I don't know how much he was actually selling versus how much that actually did damage. If you watch that back, it does not look like that guitar was prepared in any way to shatter. I don't think it was a gimmick guitar. I think he was hit full on in the head with a guitar. And so I don't know if that's selling or if that's just actual real life reaction to getting hit with something that hard. But yeah, what a way to turn him face. What a what an angle, what a memory. Uh, it, it's something that sticks in the mind of wrestling fans. And it's something that stuck with, with Jake for at least part of his career because I think he suffered some real-life neck injury because of that angle. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that. I, I take it back. I do remember, I believe he, he his neck was injured after that. I don't, I don't believe the guitar was... Uh, was gimmicked. So yeah, I guess it's, I mean, his selling, his selling is still absolutely phenomenal, but I don't think he was, uh, he was selling that. I think that was more of a shoot than anything else, but uh, yeah, they went with him as, as a good guy after, you know, the reactions he got against Savage and the thing he did with Hogan on the snake pit, they had no choice at that point to turn him good. So this leads into uh, we, you know, covered a few episodes back, which me, Jay, and I'm sure many of you out there would consider the still to this day the, the greatest and biggest WrestleMania of all time. WrestleMania three, it's Jake the Snake Roberts who has Detroit native Alice Cooper in his corner. Alice Cooper, who at that time in 1987, one of the biggest stars in in, in, in music uh, in his corner against Ricky, against the Honky Tonk Man with Jimmy Hart in his corner. And, uh, man, I mean, that's a great spot on the show. Uh, you, 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 you rewind to WrestleMania 2. He's, he's working George Wells in pretty much, you know, uh, a popcorn match, considering at that time for WrestleMania 2. Now WrestleMania 3, just one year later, he's in one of the high-profile uh, spotlighted matches with, a huge celebrity in his corner. This w- was awesome. We talked about this at our, at our WrestleMania show. We did a couple, a couple weeks ago. What an amazing spot for Jake Roberts. Like you said, he had Alice Cooper who was known uh, as kind of a, a dark rocker and he liked snakes himself. And so it was a good match. Those two together got mainstream attention, good spot on the card Jake's career, like when you go through step by step like we're doing now and you see how they kind of built his career in the early stages, like it all builds off of each other so nicely. And after WrestleMania three, he goes on to, to some big feuds directly after that. And so just what a nice spot for Jake Roberts on the card. Tremendous match. I love it. Absolutely. His his next big feud, and this is one that all 80s wrestling fans will remember was his feud with ravishing Rick Rude. And this was just talk about iconic 80s memories and moments. This is right up there. 
uh, Ravishing Rick Rude has his wife Cheryl Roberts, you know, uh, paint it and spray paint it on his tights, antagonizing her at ringside. I mean, what what man? If you're sitting at home watching this, what man can't, uh, you know, get behind a man trying to get revenge on another man for trying to take his woman or trying to, you know, uh, mock his woman or, or seduce his woman? I mean, what what man can't, you know, get behind that? So it was an angle that struck home with every single person that was watching it. Uh, you wanted to see Jake Roberts' revenge against Rick Rude for what he's doing to his wife. And, and again, this is, this is a time frame where uh, angles like this w- weren't really done uh, back then. So you, you have a, a real-life situation, quote-unquote, that everyone can, can understand and get angry about and get upset about. You didn't see stuff like that really back then, Jay. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, a wrestler trying to take another wrestler's wife away from him. No, it was the first time that I remember seeing something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm like, until, until, until Hulk Hogan got lust in his eyes, of course. Until <laughs> the lust in his eyes, yeah. But you're right. Wrestling had a way of kind of keeping the, the storylines between the wrestlers. And this one felt like it bled over into real life. And so there was that touch of added realism that really drew you in as a fan and, and it all started with rude would always do that that gimmick where he would select a woman from the audience and give her the kiss and she would faint well on one episode of a show he chose this woman from the crowd who turned out to be jake's wife and she refused to kiss rude and so then that started you know rude's lusting if you will after her and trying to win her over and then yeah you you side with the the husband who's trying to defend his wife's honor and so it had that touch of realism and it gave a nice humanized side to jake roberts because we've seen him be the villain who will do anything to win you know we've seen the snake we saw the ddt um to steamboat on the outside so we've seen these really heel things and then we see him get hit with the guitar, so we, we feel for him, and now we see that his, he's fighting for, for the love of his life, his wife, and so it really did a nice job of humanizing this guy who could have been just seen as a vicious villain. And So no, it's excellent storytelling, which is what the World Wrestling Federation's bread and butter was at this time, the golden era, was the storytelling, and they're doing it again here with Jake Roberts and his wife. What I'd like to have right now... <laughs> <laughs> You're Next the man up, of a thousand please. voices. <laughs> Dean Malenko's voice. got a thousand holds. Tommy's got a thousand voices. <laughs> uh, next up, after his, his feud with Rick Rude, which was probably one of my favorite ones, was his, uh, he moves into a feud with Andre the Giant now, which actually leads to, talk about, like, look, look at Jake's rise here. You know, WrestleMania 2. He's against George Wells. WrestleMania three, he's against uh, Honky Tonk Man. WrestleMania four, he's in the, the the heavyweight title tournament. WrestleMania five now, he's going one on one with Andre the Giant, and Big John Studd is a special guest referee. But it just goes to show like he's a mainstay at this point, man. 
You know, he starts at WrestleMania 2 against George Wells. WrestleMania 3, he's in a spotlight match with Alice Cooper in his corner. WrestleMania 4, he's he's has an opportunity to, to win the world title in the title tournament. WrestleMania 5, he's against Andre the Giant in a one-on-one match. I mean, talk about a rise. Talk about a run. That's a big three-year run right there. It's a huge run, and Jake's one of these guys who was one of the faces of the company. If you went to any toy store and walked down the, the wrestling aisle, you would see Hulk Hogan merchandise, you would see Ultimate Warrior merchandise, and you would see Jake the Snake merchandise. Those were like the faces that you saw on everything, from, from water guns to action figures to punching bags. Jake was one of those guys that the company was, was pushing and yeah, to be in a, a WrestleMania spot, a feud with Andre the Giant, like it doesn't get much marquee than that in the in the 80s when it comes to the World Wrestling Federation. If you're feuding with Andre the Giant, you have a top spot. And I love, I mean, Jake, everyone says Jake's not a body guy. He wasn't the most muscular guy, but he's a big frame guy. He's a tall guy. He's got wide shoulders. He's a big guy. But he's not as big as the giant. And so I love that the snake is what was kind of the, the thing pushing the feud is Andre the giant had a fear of snakes. And so Jake had a mental edge on him, you know, and they went back to that well in the early 90s when Jake feuded it with earthquake, same type of thing. I love that where you find this big, massive opponent for Jake the snake and the equalizer is the snake. I love it. I want to I want to touch upon what you said about him being one of the faces of the company because I, I want to talk about that for a minute. And he absolutely was during that time frame. It, like you said, you go to a store and and there was tons of merchandise back then. You know, you walk in and you're right. You saw Hulk Hogan stuff. You saw Ultimate Warrior stuff. You saw Macho Man stuff, and you saw Jake Roberts stuff. He was at the tippity top of the echelon of the WWF at that point. I mean, you talk about one of the top five names of, of, of that era. It's questionable that he's up there. Maybe not top five, but he, you know, you can make an argument that he was. You know, you have Hogan, you have Piper, you have, you know, Savage, you have Ultimate Warrior, Andre. And Jake's name is right up at that list with all the other top, top names of the company at that time. And you're right. He had the action figures from the LJNs to the Hasbros, punching bags. T-shirts, posters, buttons. I mean, you name it, they, they produce merchandise of him because, like you said, he was one of the faces of that company. I would love to know uh, what kind of revenue him and, and some of the other higher-ups made with, with merchandise back in that day. And also video games when the WrestleFest, he was – I mean, I mean, there's just so much stuff that he was a part of. Um, but, yeah, man, he was one of the, the – he was one of the faces of the company for many years. He absolutely was, as he deserved to be. He was somebody that grabbed the fans' attention. If you're a kid, you're going to love seeing him just because you know he's carrying that canvas bag to the ring, and you know what's in that, that bag, and you're just waiting to see it come out. And if you're an adult, you love the snake, of course, but you also appreciate his in-ring work, his promos, you appreciate his ring psychology, his storytelling. He was somebody who, when he was on the screen, your eyes were glued to it because you didn't want to miss anything. And when he was giving a promo, 
You wanted to make sure their room was quiet because he wasn't one of these guys that was over the top yelling his promo that was just, you know, that's kind of a, a thing about 80s wrestling that everybody loves is that they had these over-the-top, loud uh, promos like a Hogan, like a warrior, you know, but Jake was the opposite. He was, the, the quieter he was, the more intense his promo was. And so you wanted to be sure that you were hearing everything he was saying, going to see everything he was doing. From a merchandising standpoint, I got to believe Vince McMahon saw dollar signs when he saw Jake the Snake because his character was over. Plus, he had the snake, which is just another thing that you can market and another thing that you can add on to the action figures that comes with a accessory built right into it. And so I think, yeah, Vince McMahon must have seen dollar signs when he saw Jake Roberts. And so, yeah, everywhere you went, if you saw wrestling merchandise, you can bet that there was something to do with Jake the Snake Roberts on one of those items. And if you have any at home that's laying around in your basement or your uh, storage unit <laughs> collecting dust, please contact me because we'd love to include it at the Wrestling Collector Store uh, located in Stockholm, New Jersey. And uh, this is shameless plug there real quickly. No, uh, hey, yeah. listen, I, was, I just asked Tommy off the air. You know, he had his first full week at the store. He asked, has anybody brought in any old stuff trying to sell it to him? And he said, yeah, somebody brought in a, bu- a bunch of old Hasbros. What a great way, because if you own a store, man, you got to have merchandise to sell people. And so if people do have old wrestling merchandise laying around that they don't love anymore, what a great way to pass it on to a, a store that can get into the hands of people who will cherish those items. So I think it's fantastic. Thanks, man. Anyone out there that, that does have old merchandise laying around that is just collecting dust, I am legit buying old merchandise, whether it's Coliseum videos, LJNs, Hasbros, any old 80s wrestling merchandise. You can uh, shoot me a message on Instagram. It's at 80s wrestling. Send me a DM or on Twitter at 80s wrestling underscore. Pictures of what you have and we can work something out. Real quickly, Jay, before we move into Jake's next program with the Million Dollar Man, uh, my my favorite part of the Jake Roberts-Andre the Giant feud is when uh, Jake scared Andre with Damien, which led to Andre eventually having a quote-unquote heart attack. Do you remember that? That was (laughs) an unbelievable uh, memory that I have of that. I do remember that. I'm telling you, this is the things that made that feud memorable is Andre's getting up there in age, so he can't work like he was doing in his earlier career. And so you have the great equalizer, the snake. And so maybe they don't have to do something where they physically touch each other in every segment to push this feud along. You can do something like scare the giant into having a heart attack. Like, I think it's just a great way to tell a story without having to have Andre and Jake actually touch each other. I think it's awesome. Absolutely. Next up, uh, we're talking about WrestleManias. He then gets into a program with probably the one of the hottest, if not the hottest heel in the company at the time, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And they go on to have a one-on-one match at WrestleMania 6. Jake's having a great WrestleMania run here. You know, he goes from uh, you know Rick Rude. He goes to Andre. He goes to now... Ted DiBiase, great stuff, man. He's, he's going against all the top heels. He's just going through them one by one 
by one. And so, yeah, he's still at this high – he's on a high run right now where he's just going against all the top guys, and he's in marquee spots. He's in big matchups. And it was because of his his appeal to the crowd and his work rate. Like, he had great matches, and he could work with just about anybody from a guy as big and cumbersome as Andre the Giant to somebody like – Ted DiBiase. And so, yeah, if, if you're Jake Roberts, you're having a heck of a career here in the eighties in the world wrestling federation and good for him. He, he deserved it. Absolutely. He has a brief, uh, brief feud with bad news Brown uh, after that around like the summer of 1990. And then he gets into a real good feud and something that all of us as, as wrestling fans from the golden era remembers. And that's a program with Rick, the model Martel. This is probably one of my favorite angles ever. Not, not even have to do with Jake, but in general, is when Rick Martel blinds Jake Roberts by spraying his cologne arrogance into his eyes. What's some of your memories of that, Jay? Listen, I remember at, around that time, I was a subscriber to the WWF magazine, and they would always, every month, have an interview portion. And they did an interview with Jake the Snake after that happened, and they had pictures of him, and he had that white contact lens in his one eye so you couldn't see his pupil his eye just looked white and I had no idea it was just a contact lens at the time and so I'm looking at this magazine and I'm looking at these pictures and I legit think that Jake the Snake has gone blind in that one eye and that it's just it was crazy so I just that's my memory of this like studying those pictures going I can't believe that he's blind, that, that that arrogance did that to him. Like, I was, I legit thought it was a shoot, and I was concerned for Jake Roberts, and so I remember just studying those pictures. And they go on to have a WrestleMania Seven blindfold match, which is an iconic match, an iconic WrestleMania moment in memory. I really, 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 really love that match. They did a phenomenal story building up to that match, and they did a great job presenting that match at WrestleMania 7. I got to go back and watch it because I remember thinking it was amazing as a kid. And then I recently was reading an article where people were kind of saying it was a horrible match, but I have good memories of it. Like I remember the black bags that they have over their head. I didn't think they could see, and I would love how – couple times in the match Jake would grab the referee and you think he's going to hit the referee but he would feel with his hand and feel that the ref is wearing a shirt so that can't be you know Rick and he'd move the ref aside and he'd keep feeling around the ring for the model I thought my memory of it is that they did a great job kind of using the blindfold uh and just having a really good match around that and so I'm going to go back and watch it because I hope it lives up to what I remember in my mind but at the time I thought it was the greatest thing ever Oh, it was awesome, dude. It was awesome. Uh, I guess next up was, and you mentioned this just a few minutes ago, was a feud with Earthquake. And my, my first memory when I think of Jake Roberts and Earthquake is when Earthquake, uh, <laughs> he gave the, uh, what's it called? The, what was it called? The Avalanche? What his move? The earthquake Splash. The earthquake Splash to the Damien. And yeah. poor Damien, I thought he was—I thought he was gone forever. Or was he? Listen, that I remember that very vividly. How Jake comes out to the ring with that canvas bag, and it looks like Damien's in there, and then all of a sudden, earthquake. You know, they—they they, I think they tied Jake up into the ropes, if I remember right. So he has to watch this, 
and Earthquake pulls that canvas bag to the center of the ring, and he does his jumping around it that he always did to signal his, his big finishing move coming up. And so you couldn't believe, is he really going to do it? And then he hits those ropes, and he jumps up, and he sits down on the canvas bag, and you see the form of the snake kind of flatten and squish. And you think he just delivered the earthquake splash to Damien. You think he just splattered that snake inside that canvas bag, and Jake is over at the side of the ring selling it like he just saw a family member, you know, die at the hands of earthquake here. <laughs> what an angle. What a way to kick that off. And, and do you remember, Jay, after that angle, uh, when they had primetime wrestling, I used to love those episodes. They were all so much fun. I'd like to go back and watch some of them, actually. Earthquake was on uh, the show, and he's cooking and making Quake Burgers, which uh, he claims was the remaining meat from uh, from Damien. Yes, I remember that episode. Earthquake's wearing the chef's hat. He's got, like, the apron on. He's grilling what you assume is hamburgers. Yeah, he calls them Quake Burgers. And then he later reveals to them that it was meat ground up from, from Damien <laughs> and Lord Alfred Hayes and Vince McMahon are there. Yeah, hilarious. It's I, mean, I don't know. They probably got phone calls from PETA and everything, but at the time, yeah, what a, what a heel thing to do. Yeah, well, for, yeah, like you said, you, you couldn't do that in this day and age. But no, no like, way. It's stuff like that that makes – and not, not, nece- not necessarily that, but just – things like that that made wrestling so fun back then and so iconic. These, you know, you, you, as an adult, you, you look back on it and you think it's silly, but back then it wasn't, man. It was so, it was, it just, it captured your imagination back then uh, and stuff like that. Like it, it just lasts forever because here we are, you know, nearly 30 years later and we're, we're still talking about it, you know? Absolutely. Uh, next, yeah. Next up is another big one. And it's the summer of 1991, and it's uh, the Ultimate Warrior uh, who's up next. Ultimate Warrior obviously is red hot still at the time. And uh, what, what's your memories of the Jake Roberts Ultimate Warrior feud? I remember that really, for the time, that really strange vignette, that video where Jake was trying to help ultimate warrior get over his fears and so he locks him in that room with those snakes and then uh one of them ends up biting ultimate warrior and, and jake the snake's kind of peering through the window talking him through you know the venom and through the pain but it was really dark and it was a little scary and i just remember that and how it just felt it felt different like it wasn't a normal vignette that i was used to seeing from the wwf and so it felt a little dark a little scarier uh, and so that was very interesting because he was trying to help him get over his fear so that he could, you know, help him uh, beat, take on the undertaker. But really Roberts was, was turning back into that, that crazy heel type character that can't be trusted. And so it was really dark and kind of, kind of different. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, Jake, you know, goes heel again for the first time since 1987. And this leads into his next program, which is one that, if you're a fan of the golden era of wrestling during that time, this is an angle that you will never, ever, ever forget until the day you die. And that is when Jake the Snake Roberts 
goes into a feud with Randy Savage. We talked about at the top of the podcast about them having a match in late 86. They're both heels, and the fans are chanting for, for Roberts. Totally different situation now. Savage is an iconic babyface, uh, and this is around the time that, you know, Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth are going to have their SummerSlam wedding. And who can forget, at the reception of the wedding, you have Savage and Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is opening up her gifts, and she opens up one of the packages, and inside, it's a huge live cobra. This was a match made in heaven and the match made in hell pay-per-view. Yeah, this was this was an angle. You, you definitely remembered this. Um, and again, they had pictures of this in the WF magazine. They did segments on shows showing this. Where yeah, the wedding goes off without a hitch, and then at the reception they open up that present, and inside is that snake. What a listen! What a fun way to launch uh, the feud that he's going to be having with Savage here. Yeah, man, and, 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 and talk about another iconic moment and one that's still ingrained into my mind as an adult is when Jake Roberts has Randy Savage tied up into the ropes and he has this huge King Cobra and it bites on Savage's arm and this, the, oh, it looks like he's like really gnawing away in real life at Savage's arm. It, the, the visual of it, if you go back and watch it, it's just absolutely crazy to see something like that during that time frame or any time frame. Maybe you saw it right now on TV. Uh, he's, lot, he's latched onto Savage's arm and he is just biting harder and harder and harder. It's just crazy. It is, and what a visual that was, because, yeah, you have a real-life snake really biting one of your top stars, and there's blood coming out of the arm. I don't even, like you said, I don't know if they would show it now on TV, and, and back then, yeah, it was, it was crazy to see that, um, but again, it added that touch of realism where you could tell that it wasn't a rubber snake, it wasn't camera angles, that that snake was gnawing on the arm of Savage. And blood was clearly visibly dripping down his arms. You could see the puncture wounds, and it seemed like it went on forever. Like, yeah, it was an intense angle for sure. And Savage, in a later interview, he actually said that his arms swelled up and he developed a high fever after that happened. And he actually had to go to the hospital. And it was mentioned that the Cobra had died. Uh, a week after that angle, and he joked that the Cobra must have gotten venom from him. So, uh, <laughs> what a what a what a iconic moment in memory for the golden era of wrestling is uh, Randy Savage and and Jake Roberts. Man, what an angle that was. That was, and I like I understand that you can devenomize a snake. I don't know how it works. I don't know how long it lasts. But yeah, even if you've been told that that snake's been devenomized, I mean, what a you're kind of going out on a limb to let it gnaw on your arm like that for the sake of an angle. For So good on Savage, but uh, yeah, crazy stuff back then. Absolutely. And I guess next up would be Jake Roberts. Uh, his, his, his feud was with The Undertaker, which would lead to his last WrestleMania match. This is WrestleMania 8. And Roberts appeared at the funeral parlor to demand answers from the Undertaker about why he stopped him from attacking Elizabeth. 
And uh, it turned into a WrestleMania match between Jake Roberts and The Undertaker. And, uh, again, man, look at the run that Jake Roberts had with WrestleManias. We just mentioned a bunch of them. These are all top-tier guys. He's wrestling in singles matches at, you know, several WrestleManias in a row. He is, and they're all, like you said, they're all marquee spots. They're all big matches, and so he's on quite a run. And then to, I mean, he didn't know at the time that The Undertaker was going on to have the kind of legacy that he has, but to be a part of that WrestleMania legacy with The Undertaker is a cool footnote to your career as well. So, yeah, what a run Jake Roberts had here in the World Wrestling Federation at this point. Absolutely, and then then obviously years and years later, you know, he would come back and get his rightful – spot in the WWE Hall of Fame and make a couple appearances after that. But just in, in general, looking back at all the stuff we just talked about, what an iconic career Jake the Snake Roberts had, obviously outside of WWF as well, but what an iconic career he had in the WWF. So many unbelievable memories and moments. Uh, angles and, and matches we'll never forget even, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now. And without question, one of the biggest, most iconic superstars in all of wrestling, uh, that era, this era, or any era, Jake the Snake Roberts is without question one of the biggest ever. Absolutely. You look at his in-ring work, you look at his promos, his ring psychology, everything about him is what the golden era of wrestling was known for and should be known for. And, it, and he went on, you could even look at the fact that if it wasn't for Jake the Snake, there wouldn't have been the Austin 316 shirt because that's who Austin was, was feuding with when he came up with that catchphrase. And so he's partly responsible for one of the, the best-selling T-shirts in the company's history, uh, Jake Roberts is. And then to go on and kind of have the personal demons that he had but be able to beat them and come back, and he's still on TV here in, you know, 2021. He's still on TV. He's still doing appearances. He's still doing things for the world of wrestling. And so, man, what a life that Jake the Snake Roberts has had. And I'm so thankful that uh, for his contributions to the world of wrestling because the 80s would not have been the same without Jake Roberts. I'll tell you what, Jay. Our first 80s wrestling con, the one that you were at, you came into New Jersey for. I met that, Jake there. Yeah, Jake, Jake was there the, the night before – and I think I mentioned this on one of the previous episodes as well, there was really bad weather and all the flights, I had 20 guys coming in and, and the majority of the flights got uh, postponed uh, it, until like the wee hours of, of the middle of the night. And there was that one point where I didn't think a lot of these guys were going to make it because so many flights were, were getting postponed and the convention was early in the morning. Jake Roberts stayed at the airport all night long and he finally got to fly out. I believe it was like one or two o'clock in the morning. He got to New Jersey at like five or six in the morning, got to the hotel, got three hours sleep, if that, and then came to the convention and he was great with everyone. So I want to make mention that, you know, the guy was probably so exhausted, so tired, uh, from all the, the waiting around in the airport all day to waiting all night and then flying and then getting no sleep. But he was a, a true, true professional. And it excites me to have him this Sunday 
uh, our biggest virtual signing yet, Virtual Mania, again, this Sunday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Jake the Snake Roberts will be the headline attraction. You can head over to 80swrestlingcon.com now. Select the photo you'd like of Jake. He will sign it for you personally, give you a shout-out, and then we will ship your photo out to you following the signing. So it's a unique opportunity for you to get an autographed picture from one of the most iconic wrestlers of all time. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times, Jay, conventions don't go to certain parts of the United States of the world. So a lot of fans don't have the opportunity to meet these guys like up in New Jersey where there's a lot of signings and a lot of conventions or New York. Uh, there's certain parts of the United States and we'll get to. So it's a great chance for you if you're a fan of Jake Roberts or Haku or Skinner or the Orient Express or any other of the signings we have coming up to be able to get a personalized photo, uh, watch them sign it on our Facebook live page, uh, have them say hello to you and, uh, and, and, and keep it as a, a souvenir or memory forever. So if you are a fan of Jake Roberts, it's a great chance this Sunday to get a personalized autograph photo of him. That's right. Very well said, Tommy. There's only a few minutes left of our show. Are you ready to play the Jake Roberts promo game, Tommy? I'm a little nervous, but I'll give it a shot. These will be tough. Now, don't be hard on yourself. Trust your gut. Say the first thing that pops into your head because you're probably going to be, you know, trust your gut. You're probably going to be going down the right path. But I got five of them up here. I wouldn't say any of them are giveaways. I don't think any of them are easy. But we're going to get into it, and we're going to see how many of these five Tommy can name. Now, we're looking for the person he's feuding with. And so I've taken their name out of the promos. And they're not full promos. They're just snippets of it. But we'll go down the list, and we'll see how close you can get. Are you ready for the first one? All right, let's do it, man. The first one's the longest one. I have about 50 seconds of this promo. No name, but hopefully there's enough context clues that maybe you can come up with it. Tommy, who is Jake the Snake talking about in this Roberts promo? Jake the Snake Roberts, the match is at hand. Well, well, here we are at WrestleMania, and it's the biggest match of your career. Why? Because everything you stand for is on the line. Oh, yeah. It can be yours once again. You see, all you have to do to get it back is go through Damien and me. But you see, Damien and I don't forget. We remember all the times you made people grovel for your money. These were people far less fortunate than you. People who could use your money for essentials. And what did you do? You. All right, Tommy, who is Jake cutting a promo on? The Million Dollar Man. That is correct. The money. The money gave it away. You are one for one, my friend. We have four more. Are you ready for the next one? I'm ready. Who is Jake cutting this Robert's promo on? Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, Jake the Snake Roberts. I vividly recall what took place in the snake pit you do? recently, and I really don't understand it. He said that you were making fun of him, of his clothes, of his family, of everybody, and that's why he hit you over the head. Do you believe I was making fun of him? I didn't get that impression, no. Oh, I was. I was, but you see, the thing is, I was telling you the truth, man. I was telling you what I really thought of you. Few people will step up and say what they really think. I will. Who is Jake cutting that iconic promo on? Honky Tonk Man. 
Dude, you are two for two. Tommy is running the gauntlet here again on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Two promos down, three to go. How are we feeling at this point, Tommy? I'm ready. Is your confidence building? You're two for two. They're a little tricky. I mean, the first one was a giveaway with the money, but they're a little tricky. They're a little tricky, and they only get trickier. Here is the third promo. Who is Roberts cutting this one on? What a tangle web we weave when first we labor to deceive. A little snake spear for you there. Hope you're really miserable. You deserve it. You really deserve it. You think about it. No one should ever trust anyone but me, especially a woman. We all know a woman's soul was created far below. That's right. Since the beginning of time, what has a woman done to man? Hmm? Wasn't a snake's fault. It was hers. And you... Just a matter of time, brother. Like the sand that goes through the hourglass. You remember that one? Yeah. It's just a matter of time before you step up and you're elected to pay the price. All right. This one's a little tricky. He mentions a woman, and so it's a wrestler associated with a female. Tommy, who is this promo on? Macho Man. You are correct. You are right. You are three for three. Well done, that, sir. That one, was, that one was really tricky because you, you didn't give away too much there. It could have been him talking about, you know, Rick Root as well with Cheryl. Exactly. So that, that, was, that was a tricky one. Exactly. It could have gone either way, you gotta, but you, you gotta really you gotta really listen to every word he's saying to, to You to, gotta listen to every word, you gotta go back in time, you gotta picture where you were when you were hearing these. But you're three for three, Tommy. You're over halfway there and you've run the gauntlet. We got two left. Are you ready? I'm ready. Who is Jake cutting this Robert's promo on? The golden rule of gambling is you don't gamble unless you can afford to lose. Do you think the deck has been stacked against you because John Studd is in the ring? He's no friend of mine, and he's certainly no friend of yours. All we're looking is, is for policemen to step in there and control the situation, man. That's all I've ever asked for. You tell me the rules, I'll play by those rules. I might bend them a little bit, but I won't break them. Damien's going to be there. Stud will be there. You'll be there. Let's roll the dice, brother, and see what comes up. Ooh, let's roll the dice, brother. Who is Jake cutting this promo on? WrestleMania 5 at Trump Plaza against Andre the Giant. You are right on the money, my man. You are 4 for 4 with Jake Roberts' promo. There's only one left. Your confidence has to be pretty high right now, Tommy. Hold on one second here now. Because the last time we did this game, and my confidence I thought was high, you hit me with that bullshit. You hit me with that bullshit theme song. So I'm a little nervous, to be honest with you. Do you remember the uh, famous promo where Jake cut on the Bolshkovics? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not playing that. I don't know if that exists. But there is one left, and I do always like to save the, the trickiest for last, and so you're four wow. for four. Let's see if you can get this last one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Who is Jake cutting this promo on? You can say what you want. But you are a very desperate man. Anybody that'll take shots like you is reaching out trying to grab a hold of a straw man to save his own life. And that's all you're saving. Because, my man, nobody respects you. How can anybody respect a man that takes such shortcuts? That's willing to take another man's side. Not once, but twice. Ooh, not once, but twice. Tommy, 
to go five for five. Who is Jake the Snake Roberts cutting that promo on? Rick the Model Martel. You know it. Tommy. Five for five, Tommy. Mr. 80s Wrestling right there. Well done, sir. <laughs> next, now, next week's episode, that's how you have to, have to, have to uh, announce me. I'm, I'm joined with Tommy, Mr. 80s Wrestling Fiero. Mr. 80s Wrestling. Well done, sir. Five for five, and not all of those had any context clues whatsoever, yeah, were, so you did very well. There was a couple of tricky ones in there, man. There were, but you nailed it, man. Well done. What a way to end today's show and take one more step on the road to virtual mania. Absolutely, man. And, and again, anyone out there, uh, again, thank you so much for all the support of the podcast, the signings, the store. And uh, if you haven't taken part of a virtual signing yet, strongly suggest you do it this Sunday. You have opportunities to get autographed photos of the Orient Express, who they don't do much of anything together. So, a unique opportunity to get uh, Kato and Tanaka. Also, Max Moon photos will be available since it's Paul Diamond. Uh, Skinner, who doesn't do much stuff either. Haku, uh, tons of Haku fans out there. And, of course, Jake Roberts. You can order all your photos now on 80swrestlingcon.com. And if you live in the New Jersey area, uh, this weekend, definitely stop by the Wrestling Collector. It's located at 2772 State Route 23 in Stockholm, New Jersey. You can get our hours of operation on our website, thewrestlingcollector.com. And uh, I'll be there working today, Thursday, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday. I'll be there all day as well. Obviously, Sunday I won't be there because I have uh, virtual mania. So if you just want to stop in and, 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 and talk, I will be there all day the next three days. And... Uh, do you have a, uh, any ideas for a topic for next week, Jay? I know we didn't have anything uh, planned. Uh, something maybe you wanna you wanna call in the ring right now. You can we can set something up. Oh man, there's so many good topics from uh, from the golden era of wrestling. I'd love to talk about the icy belt. I'd love to talk about um, some more about managers. I'd love to talk. Man, there's so many topics. Um, I'll pick something. I'll let you know. Otherwise, you can put a a fan poll out there as well, but you're never going to run out of topics when you're talking 80s wrestling. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do a Twitter poll. For, there for you go. Do a Twitter poll. And if, you, if you don't follow us on Twitter yet, it's at 80s wrestling underscore. Uh, if I don't do it today, tomorrow, uh, I'll put up a poll. We'll pick four topics and we'll allow the, the listeners to decide which topic they want to hear right here next week on the, on the podcast. That'd be fantastic, Tommy. Jay, thank you so much as always. I, I appreciate uh, getting to reminisce and go down memory lane each and every week with you here on the podcast. Uh, you're the best tag team partner out there. And uh, until next week, hope everyone has a great weekend. We'll see you this Sunday at Virtual Mania. And uh, we'll see you next week right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.